Hey, and welcome to the Studio Takeover podcast. I'm your host and mentor, Cap Ford Coates. The Studio Takeover podcast is where we speak with creatives and photographers from all walks of life about their successes and their failures. We can run the gamut from mental health to creative process, even down to the nitty gritty of systems and pricing. But at the Studio Takeover, my job is to help you get to a place of sustainability and profitability so that you can live your life on your terms. Thank you so much for being here. If you need more information, please feel free to email us at support at thestudiotakeover.online. Welcome to the Studio Takeover podcast. I'm your host, Cap Ford Coates. In this series about failing forward, I wanted to, to really bring up and, and highlight some personal experiences and loss. As a business owner, I don't care what industry you're in, your business will always reflect what you are going through as a human being. It'll reflect in your sales. It'll reflect in how you show up and execute in your systems and throughout the pandemic, you know, that, that was a process for everyone worldwide. In 2021, I experienced a, a great deal of loss. And it's funny, I I'd recorded this episode previously and realized that some of the things that I'll be speaking about are highly personal. And I'd included the names of the people I'm speaking about and realized that, you know, their, their families probably wouldn't appreciate that quite so much. Uh, so I'm going to bring you today through stories of my own personal loss and how it affected my business and how it affected my life. In the beginning of 2021, uh, I lost someone very dear to me, my very first long-term boyfriend. Uh, we dated for two years when I was 16 to 18. He passed away. And grief, grief is one of those things you don't just get through, right? Until one day it isn't the very first thing you feel when you wake up. Maybe it's the second or the third. To this day, I still carry their memories daily. But that grief gets to transform into a different kind of a relationship. And that's the relationship that I have with myself. And really, that's changed how I'm in relationships with all others in my world. Close relationships, personal relationships, business relationships, because when he passed away, he did not live an easy life. He was brilliant. And our relationship was complicated, to say the least. You know, because we, it was that first love moment, right? That, that first relationship that taught you how to 
compromise and how to appreciate another person and how they appreciate you. His brilliance consumed him in the worst of ways. I shared this, this story with my mentees and, and one of the women in my group, she said, uh, you know, that's something that happens with a lot of people who are brilliant. It does consume them. Uh, you know, he was, hmm. he's the guy that strung out on heroin and on meth. He graduated with a master's degree, summa cum laude, without even trying, let alone realizing it. Right? In the moment, he didn't even realize he'd graduated. He'd gone to his, his guidance counselor. I, I don't know what they're called in, in university settings, uh, but the person that helps you sort of figure out your track for the next year, help you get to graduation and, and organize your, your course load. He'd gone to see them. And it was super strung out, had been for months. And she took her glasses off at her desk and looked at him and was like, honey, why are you here? What? You graduated. I what? You didn't just graduate. You graduated with a master's degree and you graduated summa cum laude. Get out of my office. Go live your life. And he was like, oh, all right, cool. He passed away in a field behind a church in Bradenton, Florida, leaving a homeless camp. I'm assuming he had a heart attack, probably, maybe a stroke, but it was brought on from his drug abuse that had been consistent at that point for 10 years straight, you know, and, and he'd He'd been experimenting with drugs even when we were together, you know, back in high school. Uh, and then I think would use off and on. And he he got into a relationship and got married and adopted kids and was even a professor um, in a college setting. Uh, and I think when that relationship fell apart, that's that's really when those demons started coming up for him. But when he died, he was 46. I found out on Facebook, maybe a month after his passing. And during 2021, I was on the road a lot. I was building a studio in Florida. Uh, I was back and forth every single month from North Carolina to Florida, North Carolina, Florida. And uh, I had to, to show up for people and photograph them and be in service to them. And inside, I was just screaming all of the things that, that you go through in grief, right? And you're shaking your fist at God. Knowing full well that that was really more than likely the way he would go, given his history. But I don't think that made it hurt any less. He was a huge light. Um. Uh, but that that consumption consumption with the heartache of the world just drowned him. 
later that year, another dear friend of mine also passed away. Um, I got a call from his brother and I was getting on a flight from Arizona to come back to North Carolina. And, uh, actually it wasn't even a call. It was a text. Hey, he's in the hospital. He's having some trouble with his kidneys. It was very, you know, like, Hey, he's getting some treatment, but it's fairly serious, but he'll be home. And so, you know, I, I dig into the conversation like what, what's happening, what's going on. And it was, well, he's really been drinking heavily and, uh, he's getting treatment. He should be, he's not out of the woods yet, but he should be home, you know, in, in a few days. And I remember thinking, so I'm climbing into my seat and loading you know, my, my carry on in the overhead and sitting down and buckling up and looking out the window and just being like, why is nobody talking about a transplant? You see my friend, he's, he was 39, 39. He's always been really a healthy guy. Like he drank a lot. You know, I mean, we bartended together, you know, that was the life, but that was then, but I guess he carried that, that through. Uh, we were really terrific friends. Uh, we drank together and as a bartending team, we made more money together than any other team I'd been a part of in my career in restaurants. And that career was 12 years. We made so much money together like an average night of he and I working together was usually splitting about a grand. Uh, and yeah, he's so charming and funny. And when he passed away, I, I remembered, you know, there was a lot of blame around, like I could have saved him. Right. And you know, you can't save anyone. You can only save yourself. Um, but I felt I carried a lot of guilt around not staying connected to him. I was building my life, building my business and didn't realize how bad it had gotten. Uh, but because it was COVID and with protocol, the hospitals were overrun with patients. Uh, and he died alone, screaming on a bed in a hospital hallway from kidney and liver failure. That took a few days. And for anybody who is struggling with alcoholism specifically, it's one of the most painful ways you can, you can die. It's not over quickly. At his height, his alcoholism had him consuming two full bottles of liquor on a daily basis. Uh, and to a point where he would hide it. So he would go from 
liquor store to liquor store daily and buy sleeves of mini bottles. But he couldn't buy from the same place every day because that would raise red flags. So he would go to, you know, the east side of town to that liquor store and and scoop up this sleeve of mini bottles, which equates to almost 60 ounces of liquor. A full bottle of liquor, thank you, bartending education, a full bottle of liquor is 24 and a half ounces. So 24 and a half ounces is 750 milliliters. Two of those every day. So why? Why do I share about their deaths specifically? Because even in the thick of 2021, I was carrying so much grief. In addition to the compounding stress of all of my travel, my teaching, my team, my studio, my staff. And I couldn't allow myself to actually feel their loss until it simply couldn't be helped. You see, I I was so focused on the growth of this career that I left these relationships for one day. One day never came. Until it did. And even today, it's sitting here at the end of 2023, I still look to both of their deaths as some of my biggest regrets. Yes, like I said, I, I can't save them. Addicts, addicts have to save themselves. It's as a human that I've come to terms with that very fact. But now I cherish my relationships so much more deeply than ever before. Those who are close to me, those with my clients, those with my students, they're more than a blip on my Facebook feed. Their loss of life has helped me to transmute how I show up in those relationships, all of them. We all desire to be seen and to be heard. It's a human trait. And it's in their struggles and in the the loss of their lives that I see that more clearly than ever before. Because that grief I carried and I, I shielded myself from it. I would disassociate to get through my day. You know, going back and forth to Florida when I was there, I wasn't just taking on a shoot that could maybe be rescheduled for a few days from now. I was doing much higher volume. So I was photographing 10 to 15 people a day on average. And it was very limited time because I was in shooting day off and then out on day three. So it wasn't, I can reschedule you for tomorrow. And in that disassociation, that meant that I had to be disconnected from everybody that I was serving too, because I was disconnected from myself. So my sales, my sales average at that point with those customers was around 3,500 a piece. And now between May and January of 2022, suddenly my sales average started going down because the people in front of me weren't feeling seen or heard. Like it didn't matter who they were. My promise to bring them legacy and transformative experiences 
was non-existent. I was just there to shoot. And it wasn't until I started actually feeling their loss and being present with myself did I see that that experience with my clients start to change again too. My sales started going up. I was getting excited for work again. And I still raise my fist to God about so many factors. All the people that I could blame for their loss, including them. But now at least I know that by showing up wholeheartedly with anyone I'm connected to, that's what allows me to to really serve. To be in service to my clients means that I have to be in service to myself. And I think that's true for all of us. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for listening. I'm Kat Ford Coates. I'm the leader of the Studio Takeover, and you are listening to the Studio Takeover podcast. This podcast is meant for portrait photographers who want to be more. It is for the creative who is starting to realize that there's so much more to owning a creative business than showing up and making the art. It's about being in service. It's about holding space for people to be exactly who they are. It's about working on your own well-being and personal development so that you can serve at your highest capacity. If you're in search of a mentor, of an education that will allow you to build a, not just a successful business, but a successful business that allows you to be more in your own life, we'd love to have you. Find out more on the studiotakeover.online. I'll see you in there.